0: Hello and welcome to In The Game, Qatar's first sports podcast, again, again, you've heard me say it all this week and I'm going to say it again, we have another cohort from the Qatar Sports Tech and this is a really, really special one for me, I've said this all along, I've said it to everyone but this has got a special touch for me, why? Because we met two years ago at KITCOM and I am so ecstatic that you've got into the, um, into the, the as a cohort in QST, it was brilliant to see that you were successful.
1: Yeah, certainly, Steve. We Look, we were delighted. And as you say, yeah, two years since we met at KickCom. We give a great presentation there. We were very, very well received by all in Qatar. And it really kind of sparked that hunger for us to, to move kind of towards this region again. Uh, and definitely, look, Qatar Sports Tech, it was a tough competition getting
2: there. But we got and through. We're, <laughs> we're in, yep. Yeah. And this is we here today, I suppose. So thanks for for having us on your, your podcast. I haven't
0: even introduced you. Everybody, this is Brendan, and it's um, Martin, and they're from Stable Innovations, and they really have got something innovative. Innovative. It's brilliant. So come on, come on, let's get started. Tell us what you tell us what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so certainly, look,
1: we're bringing data to the horse racing space uh, quite, quite simply, I think, you know. Uh, We take the unpredictability of racehorse breeding, buying and performance out of the equation. And that's really done through simple data analysis. You know, we've been working on it. It's not like this came up overnight. We've been working on this well over four years now. As you say, we met yourself two years ago and uh, we've had a lot of learnings along the way. And um, we think we really have a strong, robust offering to, to change this market, you know, for the better. And I think we're excited to get it out there. You
0: know? <laughs> I, th- I, I think you've done amazing things because I remember, I remember you were pitching this thing without an MVP at the time. And yeah. I, I I kind of, and I, I admired you. And I was rubbing my head at the same time saying, are they ever going to kind of, are they going to get there? Are they going to get there? And it's yeah. so brilliant to see that you have. Because yeah, you know,
2: yeah.
0: it, was it was tough, over as drink. you say.
2: Well, we didn't we didn't have an MVP at the start. We had a, a brilliant idea. We had the two of us as, as team members. Yeah. Um, and we had a good story. But um yeah, over the last two years we've got our product out there, we've got our software, we've got it on horses, we're getting that data feedback and, and and we're talking to the right people. So it's all been good. Yeah, certainly. Thanks.
0: And and one thing that we were saying just before we came on on um air or we started recording was was we we had a joke about the journey. How important has the journey been to you guys?
1: Oh, massive. I would say massively. I think uh, it's probably the biggest learning curve. And the call of the journey is definitely the
2: right thing. I think uh, a roller coaster journey, <laughs> ups and downs and fallouts and happy tears, sad tears. <laughs>
0: it's, it's a nightmare, right? It is a nightmare. Right. But would, do we ever want it in any other way? Yeah. I don't think we do.
1: No, I think not. I think it builds, it builds character. It builds resilience. You know, you learn that not everybody's opinion is the right opinion. But when you hear some good advice, you have to take it. You know, uh, you have to jump at the opportunities as they come along. Uh, I think definitely one of the things you can't do is sit back and say, oh, you know, hands up. Oh, we tried. We're done here. You have to keep iterating and moving forward with the product and what the customer wants. And I suppose that was a big Big part of our journey is really kind of refining what the customer's been asking for and what knowledge they lack out there, I suppose, in the market, and and that's where we've kind of moved with with stable innovations. And um, yeah, it's a tough journey being being a part of a startup. It's uh,
0: was there growth. any time? Was there any time in that journey you said, "That's it, uh, it's done. We're done. We're we're finished. Let's we're stop."
2: Morning. <laughs> <laughs> Covid probably. Covid was a yeah. tough one yeah yeah and yeah. um, we were starting to open our, our, our seed round funding um, at, at January February the start of the year or sorry yeah. last year and it just it, it was tough we had to postpone everything because the world just shut down as you know and that was a, that was a scary time for us yeah.
1: So, uh, also, it was kind of a, a frustrating time because we also seen that the market that is horse racing actually boomed during COVID because it was one of the few professional sports that was able to be shown live and some viewing figures went up by 200% and we were thinking, if only our round had it been eight months earlier, we could have been right right on this wave, you know? So yeah. it, it is that. it's Timing is, is key in these things. And I think definitely what that's done is actually bolster our market for moving forward because we know now there's been so much more viewing this year of horse racing than, than ever before in recent years. Uh, and it's brought a whole new audience to, to the game.
0: So tell us where this story began and what you were trying to achieve with your, with your innovation.
1: Uh, yes, certainly, I think. Uh, well, the story probably began out of, out of us wanting our own business, I suppose, to start with. Like, we, we've been schoolmates uh, and after that we went our own ways. I was very much in the horse racing world. I was an amateur jockey for a time. I worked at race courses, marketing. You know, working in the big yards and with the animals every day, that's, that's what I loved. And it was there I kind of seen the first opportunity for the use of data in this space because I was in some major yards that had over 180 horses and they were still, you know, you're missing one or two. And, and those are the things that annoy trainers, they annoy people, you know, and, and you're really trying to bring so many animals to peak performance within a certain period of time and keep them there. And I just noticed there was an opportunity there there for that. And and at the same
2: time, Brendan had had to yeah, start with. I was kinda working on my own 3D printing business. So I always been in the engineering manufacturing side of things. So I was doing that at the meantime And myself and Martin met up at Christmas, I think yeah. it was <laughs> for a beer, a ketchup. And yeah. he had this idea and he wanted some kind of technical support from it. And that's how it all started. Yeah. So
0: so when you start and, and going back to the 3D printing, that was it. You're you're pretty much an innovator. You, yeah, well, printing, that, yeah, that, that yeah. was a, a crazy business to be in back then. But it's it's booming now, right? It is. It's a big
2: industry. And like I, I bought a, a couple of kits off of eBay or Amazon. I built the 3D printers myself and was just printing anything I could, anything anyone wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun journey as well. Massive industry at, at, at the stage. So you
0: didn't set your your target. And, and I still keep on rubbing my head because you, okay, you've got the love of the horses, you're in the jockey, you were a jockey, you had you you've got engineering, you can do that type of stuff, you're you're that type of person, but you never took on an easy task, really. Be honest.
1: <laughs> no, we didn't. We we you know, we we tried to maybe we tried to solve it all straight away. <laughs> I think that was one of the biggest hurdles is you know, you see a problem and people tell you go for it, solve it. And, and we took on a quite a large, large challenge. Um, and obviously, you know, we as I say, we're not necessarily from uh, the biggest backgrounds with we don't have big financial support behind us. We don't have big connections in the world of business. So obviously it took a bit of time to kind of move that forward with, with traction. And really, it was it was me and Brendan knocking stuff up out of a 3D printer, reading the white papers, going down to your yard, putting this on an animal, you know, and working through what what that was there. And and that was very challenging in the early days. But what kept us going, I think, was customers. Like, I
0: I wanna, I wanna, who trusted you to put these things onto the horses? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so yeah, well, that's I suppose that's where working for racehorse trainers came in. You know, we we it, it came from the very problem. You know, with a couple of local trainers who had had changed things in the routine, and were we're trying to get answers again. You know, they trained winners, and they changed something like their gallop surface, and all of a sudden their season had dwindled a bit, and they were like. I need some more answers here. I need another place to get answers. There was owners whose horses had moved yard and they were saying, you know, is there something happening different here that that's, you know, preventing my animal from winning or, or increasing in performance? And so that opened the door for us when we approached these guys. They kind of say, look, do you mind if uh, we come down here and safely, safely strap something to your animal yeah. <laughs> and uh, let it let it do its exercise? So that's that's really how we got in the door, using a couple of those contacts at the right time, I think.
0: And, and there is a, a monetary um, position on this, but I know that you're, you're, you're there to do, look after the horses as well. There is, there oh, is that's the, that's, and I know you guys, and that's the first thing that I would say, is it, it's, it's to look after the horses and to, to see how they're performing and not trying to push them too much. So right. you're thinking about the welfare. But there's also, like you said, I remember having a... a, a we used to have 15 greyhounds, right? And, yeah. and I used to have them with a trainer and but what he used to do was he had the, the um obviously their their diet their things like that taken care yeah. of and he would walk them around the field there was yeah. no special technique there was no kind of massaging there was none of that type of yeah. stuff is that the same with horses how does the trainer do it like forget your your unit at the moment because we're going to say how beneficial that yeah. is but how did they do it? Did they have a set routine? And they, 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 they really did go on that front.
1: So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. In fact, I think every trainer has their, their own we routines that they've, they've learned and developed over the years. A lot of it is definitely experience based, you know, it's handed down from generations and trainers and others learn under great trainers, you know, as an assistant for a while. They take the bits and pieces that they like. And they mold that with the facilities that they have to try and get the right routine. And it's a lot of trial and error. You know, a, a lot of trainers take many years to kind of find their feet. And if something does change, it can be challenging for them. It's yeah. definitely similar. I think what's developed over the years is types of training that are, that are quite similar and actually cause some issues, but they're they're underlying. So people, people don't see them. You know, a lot of trainers do. Um, circuit work with animals, whereby they're going three times one direction, three times another. This is for their basic fitness. And they're, they're doing this daily. And then they introduce some fast pieces. And essentially, you know, it's what's developed over the years, but that doesn't make it perfect. And <laughs> there's there's definitely areas for improvement there. So all trainers use their own techniques, as you say, but they're they're similar. They're very similar. And that's kind of what helps us as well is everybody's kind of looking for the edge. You know, race and training did change over the years. I think, you know, it's pretty much from the, the pipes in England when he started to train up a hill and using that interval training, he won the championships for multiple seasons going and they started to investigate him thinking he was doing something. Shouldn't be. <laughs> something yeah. shouldn't be. He just changed yeah. his training, you know? So it, there's always opportunities in any elite sport to try and find the edge, I think. And this is a, a very...
2: Yeah.
0: So, so tell us how this is going to give the edge. Tell us how this is going to give you the information that's going to really benefit everybody concerned.
1: Yeah. So it's it's really developed over the years. I suppose you know there's there's plenty of performance monitors out there, just as there is for humans. There's performance monitors, but they're all very much based around data, and then data is only as good as it's interpreted, and only as insightful as what the person wants to, to glean from it. So. We, we moved even beyond that to a space whereby we know there's data generated in, in the industry, you know, and those at the top level, the likes of Coolmore, they succeed because they use what data they have to drive their decisions. So, what we started to do was looking at where and when can we collect data to, to give insights. So, right back to the very start from in their, when they're bred, you know, there's data coming off these animals from the moment they hit the ground, their pedigrees, how, how they move. All sorts of information and then right through to when they're being trained as we kind of come in with our monitor. So essentially we we've molded the two together. We looked at it and we said, you know, where are these challenges that are worth you know putting the effort into to analyze and solve for the the buyer, the breeder, the, the trainer? And really what we came to was the first is is about value of this animal, because we all know personally they have a great value to their owners, but in this system. You know the value of the animal is is very subjective. Uh, if you if you go to a sales ring, you have the, what the buyer wants, what the seller is willing, uh, you know, to to let it go for, and the bloodstock agent who's negotiating in between, along with the sales ring. Whereas once they leave that ring, their value is potentially unknown for for yeah. possibly many years. You know and. That's that's the interesting thing about this sport is you don't buy a car and the next day you don't know how much it's worth. You know how much it's depreciated by. So you still know the value of it, you know. So
2: yeah. you can yeah. look at you can look at a car website such as Auto Trade or whatever, and you can check how much it's worth. But for a horse, you don't know until you go to the sales ring, and that could be another six months or a year. So in that in that in that space, you just don't know how much your horse worth. And in the meantime, you're paying thousands of pounds a month to look after that horse to train it and yeah. they still don't know what your asset is worth. So yeah that's where we kind of come in. You know. So certainly we use that first plate
1: piece of data and what we call our, our public estimated value, the PEV, and that virtually creates a live value that will live with this animal through training and in the racing. And that's that's where our, our, our monitor then comes in. So we're able then to supply that monitor to help improve not only his value, but the insights that can be given to ensure that this top performer stays at the top level and peaks when he's meant to. So very much we use sophisticated algorithms that we've been working on to help ensure that we know, you know, it's, it's not about a trainer sitting looking at charts going up and down heart rate. He's 200 horses. That's not a value to a trainer or to an owner who has maybe 60 horses. But what yep. is, is potentially a fit score, a health score, to know that the animal is healthy to compete. And to know at what level he's actually going to peak, and if we can keep him at that sort of level. So we've went into the insights instead of just the charts because that's very much if you're an equine scientist yeah, yeah. or if you have one horse in the back garden and you're interested in heart rates, you, you might look at that. So that's where our our solution comes into the market, I think.
0: But your solution is going to help me if I've got a horse. I can I can determine what what length of race he's going to be running. On. I can I can see where he's going to drop off. So is the yeah. point just putting him in any further because that's his limits?
1: Yeah, well, 100% yeah. that will give you insights to what your training is achieving. You know, We, we look at it as, as within terms of time because obviously data is only as valuable as it is over, over time when we look can look back at historical data and, and try and predict what comes forth. So, yeah. so we very much so we, we, we look at the first kind of week as setting the norms in, in the yard for those animals and then we start to look at you know where are these animals in terms of their progression to their, their fit score and when they're, they're coming to their peak. So, you know, I need to target a race within three weeks. We need to look at a different race. Um, and, you know, there's just such such a range of value this product creates for the industry. It's it's absolutely amazing, I think. And uh, that's that's very much what, what we're aiming to do
2: is add value to this and let people see, probably show the value that's there. Yeah, and that brings it to, you know, a potential customer such as media. You know, if you look at Formula One or Golf, you have fantastic visual metrics that you can show the, the person watching it. Horse racing, there's there's zero. There's a bit of yeah. pace. But that's yeah. it. You know, we, we can bring that. You know, we look at Formula One, we, we can show you how much fuel is left in this horse. You know, is he can he finish this race? Has he got the, the, the potential to do it? So that's that's where the value can be um beneficial further down the line.
0: Uh, from a training perspective, from a well-being, from understanding about your horse, because Oh, that that's the one thing that i know with with people that have owned horses it's it, they are they're not just doing it for the racing side that's the fun of the fair but they they get a real bond with these animals and i, th- yeah. I, I suppose that th- th- this is just one of those things that from a well-being you're going to make sure that you can constantly see that your horses are being well
1: looked after. Yeah. it brings a whole new level of integrity to it really doesn't it like uh, and i think that's absolutely brilliant it lets them connect with their animal at a new level and it lets them know that this animal is being trained, you know, every day. It's, it's it's not a case of there has to be such trust with potentially a trainer who some of these guys might not meet more than once a year, you know. And it very much brings out those new insights that let people have the chance to engage deeper with their animal, I suppose. And that's that's one thing, you know, a horse could talk. We'd learn a lot, as what <laughs> they always say. So yeah. I think this is a way of giving them a voice, you know.
0: But it is exactly that. It's a way to give them a voice because... You don't know what's going on in there, but you can see from their performances whether they're on top form, whether they're not on top form. You said something earlier, and I want to uh, tap back onto now. You said that there's, there's quite a few of these things that's maybe in the marketplace. What makes yours stand out above everybody else?
1: yeah so certainly as uh, say our focus is, is on data more so than device so one of the key things is usability of these these products you know a lot of them are big chunky bulky can't be transferred from animal to animal risk of disease transfer robbing horses so we've very much focused on the user you know and i have a lot of experience obviously riding out in yards ourselves we test these in yards daily and we take all that feedback to make it the, the simplest it can be essentially we will get to a stage where by bar putting the device on nobody needs to engage with this device you know the data will be streaming from it you know and at the minute we're making it as simple as possible you know it's very much part of the tack that exists already it goes on the animal and it's just about selecting the correct animal and you know it's it's so seamless that's that's the glorious thing about our device and that's really where i push for because as i say last thing you need is to be going in the yard with 60 horses you're five minutes late to the training ring because you've been trying to get a device on. When you get there, it's not connected and everybody's losing their mind because the owner's waiting to watch it go around the track. So very much so it's a good point. Yeah, it's, we don't want
2: that happening.
0: Oh dear, it must have I I love your journey. I I do love your journey. I remember again, I remember um talking to you back then and I'm thinking, oh, that it sounds perfect. It sounds perfect. And and I felt for you because you were you were raising um you were raising the yeah finance, investors, and and just just on that front, how did you find that? Was it, were you used to it or was it something new to get used to? (laughs)
1: <laughs> very new raising raising money i
2: think is the most difficult thing i've ever done in my life yeah it's tough it's very, it's, very draining um yeah. one investor wants one thing another investor wants another so you have to constantly tailor your approach yeah but it's it's a learning curve yeah. Yeah.
1: and you're trying not to lose your goal either Like yeah. at the end of the day you know our, our goal isn't really about getting money it's about solving a problem you know and we have to get money to get there but it's very much very much about keeping the horse at the core of all this and as you say like it's the passion of people that we want to find i think that's what we learned on the, on the journey too is there's a lot of vcs in the world but it's it, we need to find the ones with passion for sport and then passion for, for racing, and our connection to racing to kind of help help make us go forward in the right direction um, and that's very challenging
0: i i love i i don't love it i i can feel the pain when it comes to startups and they're trying to find investors Because that's the holy grail, right? Or everybody seems to think it's either get traction or find some investment that can help you get the traction. But sometimes you've got to do without it because it's a totally different new skill set to what you're accustomed to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so...
0: The ups and downs. We talk about the roller coaster, but the ups and downs of of getting it right or being demoralised because they they shut you down straight away, and it wasn't something that they wanted. And then you you take doubts and disbelief yeah. in what you're doing. It's it's so so tough, and it's something that I'm glad that we're going over today, so that we can say to people, "Hey, listen, just keep going." Yeah,
2: yeah Dan, that is, that's the only advice that really. That's it, it, that it sounded that is just to, just to keep going. You know. You, some guy will say no, but they're still on our thousand doors you can knock on. You know that, we'll, and someone will say yes. You know we we're, fi- we're finding the right people every day. Yeah. Um, not only investors, but mentors and customers and people who we can sign board against. So yeah, the people so are there.
0: What's it like? And I, I really, when I saw you in the top ten, I I was ecstatic. Literally, I was ecstatic. What is it like now being in the QST? What is it doing for you?
2: Oh yeah, it's just it's opening up a lot more doors and it, it's give us a lot more kind of backing and reassurance too that you know, you know look at we're, we're, in, we're in the hub of sports tech um in the world globally you know look what we're doing in Qatar we've got the contacts over here unfortunately we were, we were meant to do a few trials over there but due to COVID we can't get out Um, maybe we'll get out at the end of the year so it has given us that reassurance and backing that you know this product is global we can go anywhere with it and we can solve the problem anywhere. Yeah, and that, that's
1: one of the key things, I suppose, is what we realise is there's true scalability in this solution now, you know? Mm-hmm. Something that this market probably ha- has never had before, but uh, it's absolutely amazing to have the opportunity to, to be part of that uh, in, in the Middle East region.
0: I'll I tell you, I, and I, I know one thing that you're going to have to move into very, very quickly, and if not, you're, you're probably going to say to me that you're already looking into it already, but I know that this was something that we spoke about two years ago, and it was, it was transferring that technology over to camel racing. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. We've had a lot of talks, a lot of talks since then. We actually... You,
0: you yeah. crack that one. You crack that one. That's another marketplace that you're going to absolutely flourish in.
1: Yeah, 100%. I remember the first time I we went out there and, and <laughs> we heard uh, camel racing was the big thing. And you're, you're, you're talking to people back home and they're like, how's it going? Have you, have you got near any horses? And like, oh, we're out looking at a camel track today. <laughs> you know, uh, it was very, very uh, entertaining to the people back home. But certainly it's such a huge market and the passion is so similar. That's what oh. we've done. 100
0: yeah. percent and i remember i literally remember going around to some because i said that we were we were going to try and look for people because a friend of ours introduced us or it was no i'll tell you who it was it was um caroline, caroline. uh caroline fit caroline yeah, yeah,
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah and right. you've seen a friend of mine at the um at rashid at the um i love it i i al shakab
1: yeah, yes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh that was, yes. That's all that's that's, uh, so that's palace, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, that every that morning. <laughs>
0: and I've got another person for you when you come over, and his name is um, ah, Abid, and he's in the Federation for um, Horse uh, Equestrian. Oh, well, oh brilliant another one and he Excellent. wants to, yeah. he wants to hook up with you to see exactly what because I've told him all about you and he's yeah. another person yeah. that's going to want to um want to talk to you but definitely yeah. I remember those two years back I literally went to trainers to um try to talk them to them about your product yeah. and but yeah. all they could see no matter how much I tried to explain it to them all they yeah. could see was they wanted me to try and fix how the jockey goat works on the camel, <laughs> camel, camel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so every time i went to somebody to try and in, uh, try to tell people about your your product yeah. they were going to the look i want the jockey working better <laughs> yeah no
1: certainly it's uh, the camel race is an industry that's it's very interesting over there but also it's it's quite difficult unless you know the right people i think to to get to the place you know, whereby you can have good, solid talks with with people on that. You know, we we definitely had a few conversations across a number of months. But again, Qatar's a region where a lot of things have to be done face-to-face, you know, Um, and that's one of the benefits we're looking forward to when we can actually get out there.
0: Got to touch it, feel it, experience it. And I think that's what the benefits you are. And it brings me on to my my next thing is, is it touch it, feel it. What has it been like with the test so far and, and how has people embraced it since you've been yeah. trialing it?
2: Yeah, it's been a very good response. Um, as, you know, two years ago, we said, you know, we've got this idea. They're like, well, come back to me once won't, won't you get it. You know, and now we're back here. We've got it on, on horses at the minute. You know, We're doing testing, and validation pieces. We're doing trials and pilots. and yeah. It's been very good reception. Um, people are loving it. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. Yeah, certainly. I think
1: it's, it's, it's very good. I like, it's, it's interesting even with, because obviously we're such database too, like we have the element to to give them a taste of it without having to physically be there. You know, they can, they can look at that PEV and see as it as it kind of change can change and they can visualize that for themselves when it comes to these animals, which I think is, is great. So I think it's, it's a brilliant mix. We're in a very good place right now. And I say, like, we haven't sat in laurels for that time. It's been a lot of customer feedback, there's been a lot of stuff that we've we've learned, uh, even from the basics <laughs> yeah. of how do we how do we get it so simple for these guys to use, you know.
0: And and you've just said something. We've learned a lot as we've gone along. How much have you learned, and how different are you from the start to the to, to where you are you, now? Did you read a book
2: yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think we could.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're different people to be honest. Yeah. It's yeah, it's nearly an addiction. I think uh, startup space. Is- it's, it's it's quite strange. It's such a high pressure. You know, there's there's a lot of demand, a lot of self-demand, I think, too. Um, and that very much changes your, your character. I would have definitely said that I was not as outspoken as I am now. You know, you learn a lot of communication skills. Yeah. You know, presenting was something I remember five years ago, neither of us were very keen on. You know, it, it wasn't something putting ourselves out in the, the kind standing of standing up in front of a crowd pitching, you know, yeah. wasn't something we've ever done before. You know, but now we're happily I, regret, you know. Yeah. I <laughs> think a kick KickCon, we might have draw, drawn straws for who got yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> so <we> lost. <laughs> I lost last minute and that was it, we had to go for. It. But we, it was actually one of the, the real catalysts where we got such a brilliant response. You know, that was the first time we had been outside of Ireland with yeah. our, our product, you know, and, and with our pitch. And the response we got at Kitcon was absolutely amazing. The amount of passion people came up
2: to us and said, "Great pitch, love your product. Let's yeah, talk more about thanks it." Thanks
1: for it. You know, it was it was absolutely that that. Um, we probably wouldn't have taken that opportunity, you know, yeah. if it had been a few months earlier. But it just, as I say, timing just seems to work out. Some.
0: It's funny how you should say this that, that everybody's thinking. Everybody's sometimes the stories that I've been doing with these interviews, and we've done quite a few now. It's it's going to be. By the time these go out, it's going to be over 200, uh, 110. We've done, and and it's it's remarkable how sports people, how um, business people have got the similar traits. You know, they've all got the similar traits. It's it's kind of in, this all comes out in and in bags. You know, it's 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 yeah. what, what's you, what the DNA we've all got It's stickability, yeah. it's not like not giving in, it's, it's kind of just keep going, just keep pushing forward. And the one yeah. thing I want to ask you two now is that we're, we're talking, how close have you two become? Do you know your, each other's strengths and weaknesses?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I think yeah. really like a married couple, right? Yeah,
1: and sometimes we end up wearing the same clothes. It's, it's strange. You turn <laughs> up on a Thursday and you're like, Did you pick that red jumper, I picked that red jumper too. You know? So it's 100%, I think uh, it's crazy how close you get, you know, but you're spending so much time with each other. You, 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 you kind of have that shared goal. And then you do strengths and weaknesses 100%. I think uh, definitely I've become more organised working with Brendan. I think there's there's no doubt there. You know, sometimes... I'm maybe t- too passionate, you know. Y- you have to rein things back in and get it get it structured to actually achieve it. And I think that's definitely one thing I've definitely learned learned from working with Brandon. Such such uh, closeness, you know.
2: Yeah. I've learned a lot more about horses. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's brilliant, right? And and yeah. we were ch- let let's talk about the nice. It's like the journey. How important is it, it's like when you're going to look back and tell the kids? It, would it have yeah. been? Would you have liked it where you made this work in six months?
1: <laughs> would, would I have liked it? I, I don't know. That's it's, I, was, I think if you had asked me that maybe two years ago, I would have said yes. Yeah. I think now I would say I, I don't think so. I think there's so much to be learned along the way. Um, yeah. And I think we still have so much more to, to learn on this journey. But we're at a place now where we're, we're very happy. You know, if, you, if it, success came that quick, I think you'd struggle with it. You know, I, I think you really would. If it was within six months, you were up and running and going i think you need that time to kind of craft your, your character and and your resilience and work out your strengths yeah, and weaknesses yeah, yeah. before your goal
0: what's your hopes for this next year what what targets have you set yourself
1: uh, closing closing our fund round is definitely number one to be honest Steve. you know as i say like we're looking at taking this business to the next stage we we are here. Is, you know that's it's the the conundrum of the catch 22 for startups you, you know you have to have cash there the to keep it all going and to gain attraction quick enough, so we definitely want to build out our technology and move away from working with these early adopters that we have to actually start transforming this industry one horse at a time. You know that's that's our big ambition. I for, for for this year, and I think Qatar Sports Tech is definitely going to help us to do that. We're looking forward to that demo day on the third June.
0: I think you've you've always had a massive future. This is only going to kind of help you along your way without a shadow of a doubt. And I, I I'm and I keep on saying this. You'll hear me say this quite a few times. I'm, I'm Qatar, um, Qatar, Qatar Sports Tech's biggest fan. I think what yeah. they do and, and how they can change lives is just incredible. You've got to put the work in. It's, it's not something yeah. that's going to come and fall on your lap. But as long as you're, kind of, you're, you're showing that passion and belief and, and the MVP and, and showing yeah. how it's working, then you've got, you, it's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Thank, thank you very much for the support, Steve. We do appreciate it, yeah. definitely.
0: You really have come a long way, you have come a long way, it's, it's, it's kind of, and it's great to, I'm going to, and, and everybody, they're from Northern Ireland, right? You're both from yeah. Northern Ireland?
2: Yeah, up the north, yeah, yeah. that's right. Whereabouts? can I ask? Yeah. St. Patrick, so it's the actual, the, the, the death place of St. Patrick, if anyone wants to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's our claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful oh, place, I remember, oh, it I, is. I, I, I've brilliant. been
0: to Limavady, um, um, Port,
1: Port Rush. Horses, yeah. Yeah, a little that further north. A than I've
0: also been to um, Belfast. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's only
1: um, up the road. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, been... no. County Down's beautiful. It's it is actually big horse country, and uh, it's great. You know, we're we're five beautiful minutes place. from the beach here. We've got mountains. It's at. It is a beautiful part of the world. There's no doubt, and yep. you know, a lot of good drink things have come from Northern Ireland. So we're hoping to be one of those.
0: <laughs> we've given a lot of kind of feedback to. We've told people about your product. We've told people about your ideas and concepts and, and they've picked up a lot of advice with what you said today. It's been a great interview. What, what other bits of advice would you give a startup that was, was out there right now?
1: Well, find, find, find someone else, you know, I think as Brendan said, maybe before we were, we were on this, you know, on your own, it's a very lonely journey. I think I feel very lucky that, that we've kind of been a team on this from where I go. And a lot of people said, you know, it'll be challenging doing that with a friend. You know, that could be the downfall of it. And we found nothing but the opposite, you know. So I think take your own experiences. Don't necessarily take everybody's on board straight away. Like it, there's definitely, you hold each other up in, in the dark times, you know, and you push each other forward when the time's right. And that's that's kind of uh, how it's been. So that would be my, my piece for anybody. Yeah,
2: mine would be a wee bit different in terms of, you get a lot of advice from a lot of people Um, and just because this investor works at the top investment capital firm in in san francisco wherever it doesn't mean he's right because we've been told a lot of advice and it has been very very wrong so just you know just because it's to give you bad feedback doesn't mean it's true you know you you take it on board and you keep moving forward and that's that's definitely what we do certainly
0: and don't accept no for an answer
2: don't no, accept no yeah, 100%. 100%. not not why there's a
1: problem out there that needs solved you know and that, that's the simple as there's there's no need to accept no mm-hmm. nothing this worth yeah.
0: <laughs> gents it's been as always a privilege to have been here with you today and interviewed you you are two wonderful characters and you deserve every success in the future what you're trying to do is Is fantastic. You've chosen industry, and you're putting all your life's work into it.
1: Indeed, thank you very Very much, much, Steve. Steve. And we look forward to catching up when we're next in Qatar.
0: Yeah, you're definitely. We're definitely going to catch up when you're in Qatar. (laughs) We'll get you the coffee and bring (laughs) one of those things with you. We can fit it onto a camel.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because
0: I'm going to get you some meetings on that one. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, delighted. We look forward to it. I say it was one of the great experiences actually was seeing the the camels in training, and I thought it was absolutely. Fabulous! How how similar actually it was to the 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 race horses in that it's it's amazing and there's just such passion over there for for their animals. So delightful. you've got lots
0: of work to do when you're over here. So so get ready. Um,
2: yeah,
0: again, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with me Thanks. with our guest. It's been wonderful, honestly.
2: Okay, appreciate thank you all. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Bye. Bye. And
0: before I go, don't take no for an answer. Knock on those doors. Not everybody's going to say yes to you, but it doesn't matter because there is going to be somebody that says yes. Okay, keep on knocking, keep on finding that person that's going to say yes. There is somebody out there that's going to back you. You've just got to work hard, you've got to show determination and you just haven't got to give in. Everybody, thanks for watching the show today. It's a privilege to come to you again. Until next time, bye for now. one thank you for listening. Please send us your feedback on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. And don't forget to review us on your favorite podcast app.